Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So we, we are deep into the TGFBI drafts here. You have made 19 picks. I have made 18 picks. So we're pretty close yeah. here. So it's a good time to, uh, to do some, some early reflections. And considering that it's the 8th of March when we are recording this, uh, we're way ahead of where most leagues are. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, that's, it was a good call by Justin Mason, I guess, to have this so much earlier than others. Because then you are creating a data set for others to look at, use. You're also, I mean, for them, for a lot of the industry folks, you are giving a live prep for all the NFBC money leagues that are out there. Yes. No, there there are many good reasons to have done this this early. I mean, for us, it's just fun. A eh? Like, you know, everybody's everybody's ready for some fantasy baseball. Um, it's, it's really nice to create a big data set. And I think we'll, we're going to really dig into this data set today in, in a variety of ways. Um, so I, let me, let me ask you first, you put in a couple, two good prompts here that I really like favorite pick and worst pick. So give me yours here out of these, out of the 19 that you've made so far. Who is my favorite pick? Uh, my, I kind of like Ozzy Albies in the third round. I was really excited. I, I mean, it's, I think that he should have been in the 20s, in the late 20s. Grabbed him at 32, so we're not really talking like huge value, but I'm pumped to have Ozzy Albies in multiple leagues. <laughs> you do have him in multiple leagues. It's nice when you're able to get. He as your third player in Ozzy Albies and be like, okay, good. I you know I put him in the same kind of category as Randone, you know, or maybe like Jose Abreu of someone. It's like I know that I am going to get really good production out of this guy. It will not be top tier production, but I know that I'm going to get good production I, out of this guy. The comps of of Abreu and Randone are are only only extend to the ability to produce not to the it's type of not production. the kind of player that, no it is not the type of no no again you know you have to think about all these things in different vectors not just what stats are you going to produce but like what's the likelihood that you're going to produce them and i think a player like ozzy albies i feel pretty good is not going to have that he's got a pretty high floor so who's your who's your pick that you've looked at and you're like yeah, nice. So picks that I looked at, I you know, it's e- it's way easier for me to be upset about my picks, but I actually think that I'm really happy with where I got Yuan Moncada. Yeah, I'm so surprised that you grabbed Moncada. That is not a 
It's not a Michael Peterson yeah, guy. Not a Michael Peterson team. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's really not a, a team that makes sense for me, is it? No. I think no. I are a guy that makes sense. I really I really like the White Sox lineup this year. So the same way that I really like the Braves. You're like Mancata, if he's in that if he's batting in that lineup, he will get stats. Yes, that's exactly where I'm where exactly where I was coming at this from. I I mean, should I should I be investing so heavily in multiple White Sox considering that I, you know, am way in on Tim Anderson? I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Okay. I, I think that Moncada, you know, I once once we're sort of in these later rounds, I'm looking for guys that showed promise at one point and maybe haven't quite reached the ceiling that people hoped they would hit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well when I saw that because I did a little bit of the kombucha girl of <laughs> like, ugh, <laughs> ah, ugh, hmm, mm, okay. When you when you picked Mankata, yeah, like, I okay. Think, so I, I, but that's all. That's what it is this year, right? Is it's not. There is no sh- sh- certainty in anybody. So it's all about like, who do you are you putting yourself in the best place to succeed this year? I will say that I, I got him in the sixth round, so let's not make it sound like I went out and, you know... It was not your third round pick. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the rest of the guys. The This is actually a tough question, because the rest of the guys that I picked, I actually think that I've gone, in general, very safe in the TGFBI draft. All right, give me something that you... Give me someone that you don't like. Least favorite pick. Least favorite pick? I think... I just... I got a little bit... I had a little fun in the 14th and 15th round and doubled up on Austin's. I got grabbed Austin Riley and then grabbed Austin Hayes. I think I might have reached a little bit on Hayes. Yeah. I know that I reached a little bit on Hayes, yes. but I I really like him this year. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I uh you know, I kind of can't begrudge anyone once you get to the 14th or 15th round, right? Like no. of a fifteen teamer, you're like you're deep already. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be deep, and and you're just looking for ways to complete a team. It's also it's deep, but it's the number of starting slots is huge. Oh, I know nine starting pitchers. Like that, the pitching side is so deep because you you've not you have nine guys that you can put out there. That's I mean that that was what really drove my like Keuchel and Ray. Like okay, well let's fill these two spots <laughs> with. Like, once you average them, as you've pointed out, it'll be a good thing. Um, okay, my reach, I'm sad to say, it was Jose Barrios in the fourth round. My, oh, 100%. My worst, my worst pick by when it happened. I, I really wanted Barrios, and I really didn't think he was going to be there in the fifth round. And I don't think he would have been. I don't think so I think either. A good, I think that that's exactly... You, you grabbed him. I was considering grabbing him with my... What would have been my fifth rounder. I would have been able to get him right. But I don't think... I... I, I don't think that I... Yeah, he went in the sixth round in yours. Right? And I picked him in... 
the the 10th team literally the 10th team got him in the 10th team as well yeah two rounds later than you yeah and i just think i just think he's set to have a great year but i recognize that in terms of when i did that pick i should not have done that (laughs) he is a twin um so the floor is automatically set a couple of ticks lower yes no, I, I fully I fully recognize with the benefit of hindsight and seeing where Barrios went in every other draft, I should not I should not have done that. It is not good when you set the minimum value. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm holding in my hands a physical copy of Baron Luthien. And they are they are you're holding a you know a physical digital copy, digital of, copy. of Baron Luthien, which is which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> you and I chatted and we said Baron Luthien. And of course I so I read the before I started reading that, I started reading the foreword or preface or something of, of the Silmarillion copy mm. that I have. And um I was like, Yeah, no, Baron Luthien, that's gonna be good. Of course, you start reading this the preface, the foreword, and you you get this huge slap in the face of FYI, this is one of Tolkien's oldest completed stories and ergo we are going from stuff that predates him actually really filling out the world, imagining the world and creating a cohesive storyline. So the only names that are the same here are Baron and Luthien. <laughs> and even who they are is different from what the legends are in the Silmarillion and what, yep. what you hear about in during the Lord of the Rings yep. and the Hobbit. Yeah. But in the same way, in this in the same way, what Tolkien was always trying to do was create this world of mythology. And if you've read, if you've been deep in Arthurian tradition or in Greek mythology, or, you know, some Norse Norse mythology, you know that the stories are never the exact same from person to person. So it is kind of fun that there is, you know, it's from Tolkien's head in a different epoch. So he gets a slightly different version of it. Same way that, like, in a lot of Greek mythology, it'll be like, you'll start, if you're reading something, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought this was Apollo. Why is this someone else? <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I'm excited. I'm thinking that we're definitely going to get some of that here. I, I really, I mean, I am excited to read this because I always, I always like first age stories because I think the the first age is so is so much dancing around the the edges of the Lord of the Rings. And I find the, but it's so clearly fleshed out in Tolkien's mind that I just want to get in there and be like, like you built this whole world, like you built this whole first age, like you know exactly what was happening, like bring me a little bit up to speed on it. Okay, well let's uh, let's have a chat about about more ADP stuff. We talked about our leagues, we talked about our our own drafts, but let's talk about some some global draft stuff here. You highlighted the first 20. Let's just shoot through the first 
let's, you know, is there something that you want to talk about specifically here? I think the data is really interesting, but I'm struggling with how we should present it. Um, I had wanted to, yeah, I, so I'm interested in the first 20, roughly, if you're in a 10, 10 team league, you know, that's the first two rounds. That's most of the important players in a 12 team league as well, which we like to aim towards. I just wanted to, you know, who are the guys? We The top three is really interesting. It's Acuna, Tatis, and Soto. Major changing of the guard energy here. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it, right? Betts is number four. Trout is number six. Yeah, DeGrom snuck in there in the end. He did. Which, uh, yeah, for the and record, then the other pieces dumb, at the two. Okay. <laughs> well, the f- there are three pitchers in the top ten. I know. DeGrom, I know. Cole, uh, and your boy Bieber. Well, he's only my boy Bieber because. I have to. I had to keep him. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't pick him. Well, let's just put it this way. I wouldn't pick any of these three in the top ten. Any of those pitchers? No, I would. I wouldn't pick a pitcher in the top ten. Yeah, that's the game theory piece of it, though, right? Yep. Yep. No, no. I readily yeah. acknowledge that. The so to me introducing the first twenty here. I I don't think there. Are, are any real surprises in the top 20. The only, maybe the biggest surprise is that there are a bunch of pitchers in here. Like, Nola sneaks into the top 20, right? Yeah, that's rough. Like, I don't think... A lot of guys are worried. I mean, it's, isn't it amazing? You start getting worried pretty fast that you don't have a pitcher. And then Austin, I mean, Austin, Aaron, Nola, you just like, ah, okay, let's... He's an ace, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, sure. He's in it. I mean, I sort of feel I sort of feel the same about Giolito going 18th. Giolito and Darvish. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we know Bauer. I think it can be in that top tier because we know that he's going to put in the innings. Yep. He's going to put in the innings, so he's going to return value. Man, Darvish, Giolito, Nola. I just don't think that they should be the anchor of a staff. If they're the anchor of a staff, you you got to be really concerned. And if you reached for them to be the anchor of your staff, that's concerning. Yeah. Nope. I I totally agree with that. So I um the the thing that I do want to highlight in here that that is really interesting to me is that um that we have this whole distribution. So the thing that we should try and really take advantage of with TGFBI is the size of the data set. So it's super deep, and mm-hmm. there's 29 leagues, which means at 29 leagues, mm-hmm. you can make a rough distribution of where things are happening. So, yeah, sure, yeah. there's the mean, but we can go beyond that. We're, we're, in, we're data oh scientists. Oh, boy, here yeah. he is. No, here I'm, he I'm is. not asking you to go too much further. I reported the 20% and the 80th percentile values for these. Because the question that I really want to answer with this data set and help other people when they're going into their drafts is... If you want a guy, when is the last time that you can mm-hmm. reasonably expect to get him? Right. Is this guy going to be available when I get to him? Right. And will he be around the next round? That's the biggest question that I keep on having on some of these guys. Some of the ones where I'm reaching, it's like, you know, I kind of, I I want to make an investment in Yaz. Yeah. 
do, do I I don't really know when he's what are the eighty what are the eighty twenty percentiles for yes? Well, there's really small really small range actually on Yastrzemski. It's um twenty percent. He's twenty percentile is one thirty five. Eightieth percentile is one fifty five. So he's he's one of the guys that is <laughs> going at his ADP. <laughs> So I put together this. I put together this diagram because I was really curious about the answer. Really curious about the questions of like who is um, who who is there basically ADP consensus agreement on, and where, and then more interestingly maybe where is their big disagreement. So here are the guys with the largest disagreement in their valuation so far: Taylor Rogers, the Atlanta Will Smith. Jamison Tyone, James Paxton, and Brian Anderson. <sighs> Brian Anderson. I know. I don't know why Brian Anderson is getting so much disagreement. Are there a couple of people that are really high on him? Well, this is all on the 20th percentile, right? So I was trying to... The reason I did Brian Anderson is... Be, the reason I did 80th and 20th percentiles is because I want to chop off those tails. Like... The min-max is interesting, but if you look at the TGFBI list, you get min-max. Brian Anderson's min-max is 199 and 302. Like, is that interesting? <laughs> That's obviously obviously an extreme reach by the 199 person. But then yeah. the 302 got pretty lucky. Potentially. <laughs> well, if you just look at, I mean, if you look at the distribution. <laughs> if, if, we're, if, we're just, if we're just ranking the draft on on ADP, yes. If we're ranking on what the results are at the end of the season, we have no idea. <laughs> uh, that is correct. We have no idea. But that's again, that's not the question that I'm trying to answer here. This is fair enough. This is all saying this is you've got your own the game favorite theory. projection system. Now we're gonna look at the game theory of when you can get the guys. So Taylor Rogers makes total sense to me. Yeah. You said Taylor Rogers, right? Yep. Taylor Rogers, I think, makes a lot of sense. Tyone makes a lot of sense. Paxton makes a lot of sense. I totally buy. I buy why all three of those guys are on this list. Atlanta Will Injury Smith. I don't know. Or roll. Yeah. Well, Atlanta roll also. Oh well, yeah. Roll also for Will Smith. Is it some? Because Taylor Rogers, the people who are high him say he's going to end up being the closer for the Minnesota Twins this year, and we'll get a lot of value from saves. I just don't, I don't see that, but I under, I, obviously I'm on the other side of the camp. <laughs> right. Agreed. To some extent, I'm not sure how useful this model is because there's an incredible amount of underlying dispersion. So I can tell you what the rough relationship is, square root, but you can't get mad at me if it's two times, if the, if the players picked two times the square root away from, from their ADP, because there's so much scatter. <laughs> and i will give me <laughs> i mean that's fair i i just wanted to have just a rule of thumb number in my head for like when is this guy going to be available when when do i have some expectation that this guy should be available that's good i think that that's a good rule of thumb now we're all gonna square have to in, hopefully okay. your computer just does square root in like the search bar or something <laughs> i think that about I think that about brings us to the review session. Trevor's story. Yeah, you tried to you tried to bring this around earlier on uh, on Trevor's story. Let me. I actually didn't. I I hid his stats from myself. Let me bring his stats back up here. 
Trevor Story, um, older than you think or younger than you think, just mentally? About right. Okay, that's about, about right. right. He's been around for a couple of years since, what, 2016? So five years of experience when I see that he's 28. Like, okay, sounds about right. He was young when he... I remember feeling like he was young when he came up. I Yeah. All right. Agreed. Trevor Story, though. 2020. 59 games. So that, that's pretty solid. 259 plate appearances, which is quite high for that. Um, he's got 11 home runs in this. 28 RBIs. 41 runs, and, ooh, 63 strikeouts. That was a good number of strikeouts for him. 15 stolen bases, though. That is the number, that's the number that really sticks out to me. And a 289 average. And Trevor Story's rates are basically the same And, and if you do, like, a three-year average for him. And he's, he's turned into a consistently high-level player. He has put in yeah I, I think that's the biggest thing lately is that is a consistency with him and the i mean production across right um a production across categories he's getting stolen bases which is not uh you know no he's a, he's a full-on five-tool contributor i mean he's he's basically the definition of a five-tool contributor here six six tool if you count strikeouts <laughs> <laughs> he he really racks up, rack up strikeouts. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's not he's not as bad as he could be. Not hitting it. Well, I mean, hey, it means he's not hitting it at double plays at least. Well, he <laughs> he does not hit a whole lot of ground balls. <laughs> now does he? Um, one thing that I don't love about Trevor Story is that he only hits his home runs to left. Not only. He means he's a pull hitter. He's a right? he's a pretty pretty obvious pull hitter. Wow. Yeah, that distribution is pretty pretty good. I'll bring him to Fenway. <laughs> I mean <laughs> teeing him up in Fenway, yeah. Uh I don't know that Coors is that bad for it either. But yeah, I mean <laughs> No, it's uh, no it's not. Okay, well, I mean, he hits it all over the field, but mostly his home runs are to left. That's fine. I guess my general feeling is like... I, oh, he hit it all over the place in 2019. Well, only kind of. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure if we did it... Heavier on left field, fine. He's a right-handed batter, so it's... His his home runs are going all over, but look at, look at the distribution of his, his doubles and singles. They're like way shifted to the left. The left heavier yeah uh, hitting into the shift and right i now. you know it's it's pretty it really does say something about about shortstops that he's the third one that we're talking about <laughs> yes yes <laughs> exactly that's why we're doing shortstop this year i mean he is good he's really good and he's the third shortstop that we're talking about He's really good, really reliable, and he's number three. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. That's what this position has this year. He really tees off on sinkers. Do not pitch a sinker to Trevor Story. <laughs> you look at two-seam fastball. You look mean? at these values. Look at no the four-seam four-seamers. You want to throw. You kind of want to throw a four-seamer to him. He, he's just <laughs> eating sinkers. Look at that twenty-nine, like the twenty-nineteen and twenty-seventeen numbers on sinkers. 
Although who knows what that means anymore because they've changed all the classifications on us. Yep. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got it. I will get get better at this. No, I I mean we're gonna get better at it. So I think things that I like, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the default twenty I'm gonna pretend like it's twenty nineteen for looking at his head at his rate stuff. Okay. He strikes out a lot. <laughs> this guy strikes he out does. a lot. He whiffs a lot. It's the biggest concern that you have. He yeah. whiffs a lot. But I'm not sure is, is that a concern? Should I care about that? Don't know. The things that I love. He's still at course. He's not Arenado. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He's still there. He's gonna still. I. It is too bad that he doesn't have Arenado there to hit him to knock him in, or even Ian Desmond. But you got to assume that someone's gonna come come up in that system who's gonna be able to knock him in. The Rockies right? are on some sort of some sort of weird. I I don't understand what trajectory they're on right now no idea but yeah i mean so should we expect look at 29 look at 29 levels 20 2019 levels runs 111 85 rbis um or if you wanted his 2018 numbers 108 rbis and 88 runs i mean that was trevor story was used to be our our use case of like what happens when you swap somebody in the batting order right (laughs) it's exactly right So it's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Story is going to produce. It's just a question of which way he's weighted. So it'll be interesting to see how how the Rockies end up using him. I bet he. I bet they run him up higher in the order, and I bet he accumulates more runs this year. Oh really? Oh, I was I was thinking that he's gonna. They're probably gonna move him down. You think? So oh, ooh, knock more guys in. Oh, do you want it? You want to? <laughs> I think uh, uh, I think we might need we might need to do something about that. Yeah. Over under runs versus RBIs. I will take RBIs. I'll take runs. Okay, I'm gonna lose that one. I'm gonna lose that one. It's gonna be like it is gonna be like 101 to ninety eight. That'll be so. No, no, no. The gap's, and I'm gonna the be gaps like, gonna be bigger I, than that. The gap's gonna be bigger than that. Right. No, but that's that's my point. Is that you can. The theory of the case for my side can be correct, and he can get fewer RBIs. Mm, yeah. Than than runs, because the way that this is the way that this is split and weighted. We'll play more spirit of the game here. Okay, can, I'll give you. I'll give you an argument, an opening for an argument no, at the won't. end of the season. No, I won't. Um, man, is there really that much to say about Trevor Story? I was mentioning when we got on the call that I was surprised at how many defensive highlights there were when, cause I go through yeah. and, and, and watch the highlights. There are a lot of defensive highlights. And I thought that was a mark on him was that he was slated to move somewhere else, but he's, he's rounded into a pretty good fielder, decent enough fielder <laughs> that he's <laughs> decent enough. <laughs> No, he's good. I mean, he's a, he's a good fielder. No, no, he is. He's losing the um, Arenado being next to him, though. Yeah. So did you highlight someone on the shortstops that you're interested in? I did. I did. Oh, you did? There is okay. somebody who is not on our 
fairly comprehensive list who is going before a range of the late guys. Maurizio Dubon. Mercutio? Who, who, I mean, at the risk of outing myself. Who are you? At the risk of outing myself, who is this guy? <laughs> who is? I don't. Who is this I, guy? I had never seen that name before. But he's, um, he's going at the same time as Willie Castro, Wander Franco. So, I mean, late, but he's going before Elvis Andrews and Ed Rosario. So, you know, we're talking late here, but the fact that I have no idea who this guy is tells me oh, I should probably take a look. He's Honduran. Yeah. That's fun. Drafted by the Red Sox in the 26th round of the 2013 MLB June Amateur Draft. Yep. Don't know anything about him, so it's time to learn something. Do we know what team he's even on? Giants? Giants, right. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Let us do that. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools. Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah!